Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hi, Mark Homer here. Welcome to Mark My Words. I'm going to talk to you today about Brexit what's already happened and what's likely to happen in the future and how that impacts your investments, your businesses and your future ability to make money within the UK economy. David Cameron and the previous Conservative government decided that they were going to hold a couple of referendums, relatively high risk some may say, to decide the future of the United Kingdom and whether Scotland should stay within it and also whether the UK should stay within the European Union. The Scottish referendum went through without too many issues. They voted to stay within the United Kingdom, and his first bet, if you like, paid off. The second one, which asked the question of the British people um, as to whether they wanted to stay in the European Union, it was expected with the second vote that the people of the United Kingdom would vote to stay within the European Union. Almost all of the major institutions, economic forecasters, the vast majority of the political establishment within Westminster um, advised the public to stay within the European Union. I certainly supported uh, the Remain camp and, and thought it would be a bad thing to come out of the European Union. To everybody's shock and surprise, um, the morning after when the referendum results were announced, uh, the British people had voted to come out um, and there were some quite immediate severe consequences for the economy. Most of those consequences had been priced in prior to the vote. So there were a lot of predictions that came out from the major investment banks, um, from major forecasters. Uh, and the politicians about sterling, the pound sterling weakening significantly, 15 to 20% against the dollar and the euro. Well, the next morning, that's exactly what happened because that was the expectation and therefore that was priced in. The next morning, the stock market dropped significantly and confidence, general confidence in the economy with consumers, with businesses um, and uh, certainly in the the property market, dropped significantly. We saw soon afterwards um, many investors pushing the sell button on their their, uh, stock market and property investments. Lots of investors at at times of uncertainty like that press the sell button and then ask questions later. We saw major commercial property funds put a block on people selling and withdrawing their investments from those property funds because, of course, as people sell, commercial buildings need to be sold to to pay those people back. And as buildings aren't particularly liquid, that can take a a period of time. Those withdrawals were were stemmed with a lot of the, the major funds. The stock market took quite a hit. And generally, most of the negative predictions that had been made prior to the vote began to come true. Prior to the referendum result, Many in the Remain camp had made alarmist predictions about what was going to happen to the economy um, directly after uh, a vote to to leave the European Union. 
One of those included the Chancellor of the Exchequer, who predicted that there would need to be an emergency budget, tax rises and spending decreases. Governor of the Bank of England, Mervyn King, actually said that um, predictions like that were unhelpful and that the opposite would actually need to take place, i.e. spending would need to go up, taxes would probably come down and interest rates would reduce to cushion the wider effects on the economy. Immediately after the vote, it became clear that Mervyn King, the previous governor of the Bank of England, was correct, uh, and that actually interest rates came down quite quickly um, afterwards. There weren't any new tax increases, and actually um, George Osborne quite quickly started to talk about uh, reducing corporation tax and he dropped a lot of the budget constraints that he had set himself. So in the immediate aftermath of the vote to leave the European Union, confidence plummeted, consumers reduced their spending and businesses really got a lot more cautious around new purchasing decisions, investment decisions and generally got more negative about the future outlook of the UK economy. As the index of the top 100 blue chip companies in London reduced significantly, the FTSE 100, it became clear that drastic action was going to be needed to give the economy that shot in the arm, the adrenaline that it required to get confidence going again and, and to get the economy growing in a similar way to that that we'd experienced since the credit crunch. The Bank of England moved swiftly. They reduced interest rates to 0.25 of a percent. So effectively halving the Bank of England base rate. And they moved to introduce some new lending facilities, which effectively meant that there was new cheaper money available at just over 0.25 of a percent available to the major clearing banks, which they then had to lend out to businesses and investors in the in the real economy. There were penalties put in place by the Bank of England, which were imposed upon the banks that they were lending to if they didn't lend that money out to businesses and investors at those new low rates. And the Bank of England started a major program of quantitative easing where effectively they were buying corporate and government bonds to introduce new money into the money supply. More money in the money supply according to traditional thinking means that consumers should spend more, there's more money available, it's cheaper to borrow and traditional economic theory would suggest that therefore the economy would start to grow again. Soon afterwards after some really, really negative results from the Purchasing Managers Index, um, some negative export numbers uh, and general negative sentiment within the economy, soon after the adrenaline shot that the Bank of England gave, the economy started to react. The Purchasing Managers Index, which is effectively a barometer of purchasing managers within businesses and how, how they feel, and the prices and the volumes that they are committing to in terms of products that they are buying for businesses that they work for started to turn positive. The housing market, after initial negative sentiment where viewing numbers reduced, um, surveyor, sentiment from surveyors um, went very negative uh, and it looked like there were going to be some house price falls for a period of time, um, turned around quite quickly. Um, viewing numbers went up, estate agents became a lot more positive and actually Ricks, 
that releases a, a report from all of the, the surveyors in the country started to say that house prices were likely to grow towards the end of 2016 again because the sentiment had turned so much in the housing market and there was new money available, it was now cheaper and generally people who were looking to make purchases within the, the housing market had become a lot more positive. So interestingly, since the referendum result, we've seen quite a bounce back of sentiment, economic activity, um, general investment levels and the future is looking brighter. From a personal point of view, I was expecting house prices to come off a little bit, to start falling, and I thought there were going to be more deals around. I thought sellers would need to become more negotiable, and I was expecting some deals. And whilst there was a, a period immediately after the result where a few property transactions went through, certainly with the big funds where they needed to liquidate very quickly, actually deals were few and far between and sentiment returned quite quickly. Whenever there's a big recession like there was in 2009, 2010, that's usually brought on by an event like the credit crunch, but that's often just the straw that broke the camel's back. Lots of imbalances, issues, you know, over lending, very bullish bank sentiment and investor sentiment had taken place in the 2000s and the years in the run up to the credit crunch. And actually, it was just that final event or final couple of events, final shock that put the economy into recession. Well, the vote to come out of the European Union was, it could be argued, uh, a shock that was perhaps almost equal to that of, of the credit crunch. But it shows that actually the economy is still very resilient uh, and able to withstand shocks like this. And that's shown by the speed at which it bounced back soon afterwards. Clearly, as we move further through the cycle and we get towards the end of the cycle, maybe 15, 15 years in, something like that, um, it'll be a different story. Um, there'll be more imbalances, more silly activities that have, have gone on in the economy, people lending on banks and institutions lending on things that they shouldn't will be in a more precarious situation. So what for the future? Well, obviously things have, have stabilised and house prices have started to, to grow again. The nationwide house price index, Halifax, uh, the land registry have all turned positive. The stock market is growing. Actually, it was interesting to see that the FTSE 100, the, the top 100 blue chip companies in London, that index fell immediately after the vote but within a couple of weeks, actually had risen to a level beyond that pre-vote. And the main reason for that was because pound ster the pound sterling reduced in value so significantly against the dollar. And what that meant was, because these big blue chip companies are largely selling their products outside of the United Kingdom to countries and companies which pay in dollars or in euros that effectively meant that these companies were receiving more money when it was converted back into sterling which has increased their profits and therefore the the share prices of those companies has increased um, so the FTSE has been trading at, at a higher level to that pre-crisis so what what's going to continue to happen in the future well we've had one interest rate fall of 0.25%, uh, down to 0.25%. Generally, consumer confidence is stabilised. Um, you know, unemployment is still falling. Um, GDP growth is, is still um, increasing. 
uh, and it's at a reasonable level. I suspect into 2017 we'll start to see increased inflation. Uh, maybe it'll, it'll go up more towards the 2% target. Um, and the main reason for that is because uh, pound sterling has depreciated so much. And when it depreciates against the dollar, obviously it makes foreign imports more expensive. When those imports become more expensive, that means the inflation rate rises. Uh, but clearly that's a, um, a relatively short-term um, situation that's likely to equalise over time. So into the future, what's likely to happen with bank lending? Well, at the moment, um, we're talking towards the end of 2016, bank lending is as good as it's been for the last 10 years. Um, rates are very, very low. Um, you're able to get buy-to-let mortgages and commercial mortgages in the high twos and the, the threes. Um Banks are willing to lend, especially after this new term lending facility um, has been introduced by the Bank of England. There's quite a lot of confidence out there uh, and things are generally feeling quite good. Clearly, the politicians have got a lot of negotiating to do in terms of coming out of the European Union. And I suspect that they still don't know what that looks like. Um, there's still going to be a lot of games and a lot of brinkmanship and negotiation that needs to take place into 2017. It does feel like that the can has been kicked down the road into 2017 as the politicians find their way through this uh, and decide Brexit looks like and which bits um, the United Kingdom want to keep um, and which bits we're going to let go and effectively which bits the European Union members are going to allow us to keep and, and let go. That all remains to be seen. To some extent, I do think that we are in a little bit of a mirage. Um, there's a lot of pain still to come. Most of the difficult decisions haven't been made. Obviously, we haven't come out of the European Union yet. Um, therefore, not a lot's changed apart from the uncertainty, the opinion that goes with it and sentiment. And of course, sentiment drives markets, but it doesn't necessarily change the fundamentals, which is actually what we should all focus on, because that is what drives long term value and, and the long term value of assets and the income that derives from those assets. A question which many have been asking is whether the United Kingdom is still such uh, an attractive place for large businesses to invest. Clearly, large businesses employ lots of people um, so it's important that the UK remains attractive uh, and business actually wants to invest in and, and work in the United Kingdom. Well we've had a, a number of deals take place since the vote. Google have come out and said that they don't think that a vote to come out of the EU is a major thing uh, and actually long term it'll be fine that's just a short term issue within the UK there's a bigger prize that's the global internet um, it's clear that um, lots of the institutions in the city of London are concerned that the passporting rights that they have to do deals and to operate in the European Union with other European Union uh, institutions it's clear that the city of London are particularly concerned about their their ability to passport uh, and to use that system to do deals within uh, the European Union without major barriers and, and you know, issues. So, you know, that's going to be a, a, a big thing for them. And I know that's top of the political agenda. 
Um, I think the pound sterling will strengthen over the medium term. Um, it's the lowest it has been uh, that, that I can ever remember in my lifetime. 1.3 to the dollar is very, very weak in terms of sterling. I remember the days when it was 2 to the dollar. Yes, things are different. The capital account's different. Um, you know, you could argue there's, there's more debt. Um, and the, the, there are some structural differences in the economy from, let's say, the 90s or the 2000s. But I think it's pretty clear to most who follow the, the economic landscape that sterling is likely to strengthen in the medium to long term. Clearly, lots of people are asking me if it's a good time to invest. Should I be changing my investment strategy? Should I be looking at different asset classes? Uh, and my answer to that is really no. Um, property is one of my favorite asset classes. Um, I continue to invest. I'm just going into three or four deals at the moment, uh, which I think you know that they're not necessarily cheaper than before the the votes have come out. Uh, I think they'll continue to go up over time in terms of the capital value. I usually focus on the income that derives from those investments, so the rental income. Um, those rents are, are still strong; they're still strengthening. Obviously, we've got um, some tax changes coming up that the conservative, the previous conservative government, have introduced. That's creating um, good rental growth in the the economy. As we get increased rental growth, um, we begin to see um, those investments yield more and more and more, and therefore the the capital value of those um, assets should increase as well. So. Do I think it's going to reduce the number of tenants that come over for properties? Well, perhaps in the medium term, but I think it's accepted that there is a, a requirement for immigration into the United Kingdom. There are lots of you know jobs in service industries and in manufacturing and all sectors of the economy that require people to come into the country to do them. And I think the government's been talking about a points-based system, which they've now rejected, um, but there's going to be some form of immigration. Our house builders going to start building a lot more properties to deal with the housing shortage? Well, I think it's very, very unlikely. The major house builder shares dropped 20-30%. I bought into a few of them. Um, a few of them started to um, put sites off and land bank more and it effectively meant that that shock will mean that less houses get built. Even if immigration reduces significantly, it's quite clear that the birth rate in the United Kingdom is particularly high. Uh, and because the amount of dwellings being built currently is so much below what is necessary, it will take many, many years to correct that imbalance. So I think property is still uh, a great long-term uh, asset class to hold. Uh, it's obviously my favourite. You know, if you look at my past, you know that would explain a lot. Uh, I think lots of other asset classes are good as well. I think lots of the the big companies in the United Kingdom, although they're looking a little bit more expensive now uh, because sterling's fallen, um, they're still providing very very good income streams. What I do think is likely to change is the ability of central banks to use interest rates as a lever to control the speed of the economy. For nearly 40 years, interest rates have been the favoured economic lever that policymakers would use to shepherd the economies of the Western world to, to increase or retard growth. Right back to economic liberals such as Thatcher and Reagan, the economic thinking has been that as interest rates fall, 
consumer spending will generally rise. The reality is that there are other factors that have come into play, such as consumers' higher debt levels or you know, bank lending whims or consumer credit worthiness. And all of these things have become more of a controller or all of these things have had more impact on consumer confidence and therefore their spending than interest rates um, used to in, in the past. On the corporate side, businesses also seem not particularly interested that interest rates are the lowest they've ever been. I find it's quite weird that their investment decisions, um, which obviously have ramifications for many, many years to come, seem to be more focused on shaky future growth than the the risk. Businesses also seem largely uninterested in low interest rates and you know, effectively the lowest interest rates we have ever seen. Their investment decisions seem hampered by the ramifications of risky investment decisions and what that might mean in the future rather than the benefits that low rates may bring. Perhaps many of those businesses are remembering the ramifications of the credit crunch and the previous recession and it will need a, a few more years for new blood to come in and for some of those issues to be forgotten. Indeed savers have had a bad run and they've also seemed largely unresponsive to interest rates going up or, or coming down and whilst low rates have reduced incomes on all of that money left in savings accounts because there are longer lifespans and rising healthcare costs, it's meant that many savers have decided that they need to save more to counteract these issues rather than do as central banks would prefer and start spending again. So the new world levers which the Bank of England are effectively using to pump more money out to the clearing banks to get them lending to businesses um, and investors in the, the economy... Um, and the quantitative easing programs that the central banks have been undertaking seem like the new world levers uh, and the ways in which they're speeding up or slowing down the modern economy. So to conclude, we've had the vote to come out of the European Union. It was a negative one from my perspective. Um, lots of lots of parts of the UK didn't agree, Northern Ireland, Scotland and most of the south of England actually wanted to remain. The vote was largely influenced by those in the north of England, uh, probably uh, primarily based around immigration uh, and I suspect in, in the medium term it, it won't have the best impact on the economy. However, I suspect a lot of the negative implications of coming out of the European Union have been overblown. Um, there will be quite a few positives. Some of those positives have yet to be seen. Property, stocks, bonds, you know, there are, there are still some awesome investments out there. It's just understanding as the economic tide shifts where they are, what they are and how to monetize them. Uh, and I think those who continue to innovate, those who continue to learn, adapt to the new world economy that we now find ourselves in, uh, will continue to prosper. Of all the negative predictions prior to the vote, um, you know, people were predicting that the United Kingdom would break up and, you know, it would be the end of sterling and 
and there'd be, be all sorts of ramifications which, which would stem from this vote. And of course, some of those predictions may come true. But in the main, so far, most of those predictions haven't come true. For much of the country, it's business as usual. Yes, we haven't come out of the EU yet, but the future's bright. There are, there are many, many opportunities for those who are interested, willing to learn uh, and willing to adapt themselves to understand and, and to change. Thank you for listening.